This is Firepower, only at Band.Video. And now, your host, Will Johnson. Good evening. Another day. This is the eve before the coup attempt publicly of President Trump. I want to thank everyone for joining us, FirepowerNews.com. We have an exciting show for you tonight. There's so much happening, so much going on across the land. Okay, the Democrats see this as something, and I'm talking about the impeachment hearing tomorrow because we're on the eve of it. They see this as something that they have to do now because the Democrats are running out of time. They know the 2020 election is coming up, so they have to proceed with this election right now. This impeachment is on the fast track. I mean, they want to fast track this, and I'm willing to bet that they want to have this whole impeachment done, have President Trump remove from office within the next 30 days. They have to do this because they know that they have nothing on President Trump. So the Democrats have yet to produce a single thing that will benefit the American people. Their only concern since the past three years has to, has been to impeach President Trump. Day in and day out. That's, that's it. So I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of the, the, the direction the Democrats are trying to take this country. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of talking about it, but this is what's happening in this coup. This is the civil war that we're in. They are putting 110% of their time in Congress to impeach President Trump. 110%. Nothing else matters to them unless it comes to something that's going to disrupt the natural order of things in America or the natural order of things in reality. The Democrats are refusing to capitulate to the fact that the majority of the American people recognize that this civil war is about to go hot if they impeach President Trump. And it's going to do that. It is going to go hot. And they know it, or at least they're avoiding it, or at least they're trying to get the public opinion so everyone was like, okay, yeah, this is something that we need to do. So that brings me to the main point of tonight's topic, bribery, which is a noun, the giving or offering a bribe. See, they're trying to say that President Trump is had bribed the Ukrainian president, which is completely not true. President Trump didn't do that. See, they didn't have anything before, and they know that E before they started with these impeachment hearings, they were getting ready to walk into it with nothing. So they came up with bribery. It's just something else to add to this whole witch hunt that they're doing. The Democrats have made it clear that they're going to release a transcript along with a new witness until they can get or until they can get the American people convinced impeaching President Trump is the right thing to do. See, right now they need the public opinion because if they have the public opinion, then they can put pressure on Republicans. That's where the key is. See, they they have nothing actually tangible. They have nothing that will actually stick to impeach President Trump. So they have to get us to jump on board. So they're going to bring up fraudulent information to do so. They have already coached these witnesses for tomorrow. Yes, they have already coached them. So tomorrow when they come and they talk and Republicans get to ask, ask questions, 
the Democrats are going to be able to like, well, we don't care what they say. We already have the verdict in. And the verdict, as I said yesterday evening, is guilty. Guilty. All right. So go over to band.video. You can see this right here. Band.video. That's where all of this, you can see all of this and much more of a band.video. So you go to band.video, just come down to the left-hand side and click on Firepower News. Share that link with everyone that you know. Let's head on into the studio. Now, we're going to be talking to some awesome guests tonight. You know, the Democrats are pushing this whole thing with DACA. DACA is on the hill. DACA, now the Democrats are trying to act like they're all for DACA. Do you recall when President Trump said, let's work on DACA, Democrats, and they refused to do it. They refused to do it. So stay tuned. Come back, and we're going to tell you all about that and much, much more. Will Johnson, Tom Pepper, FirepowerNews.com. First of all, as the founders understood bribery, it was not as we understand it in law today. It was much broader. It connoted the breach of the public trust in a way where you're offering official acts for some personal or political reason, uh, not in the nation's interest. I want to bring in Heather McGee, uh, senior fellow at Demos, and Nick Ackerman, former Watergate prosecutor. Good evening to both of you. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, Nick, I start with you here. Uh, I apologize for making you do such live breaking news, but we were literally scrambling to get uh, the the actual audio tape. We have the written part, and I want to read it again because uh, close viewers of this on the beat have heard us report on this, but a lot of people here are tuning in and saying, wait a minute, what's all the impeachment all about? Mr. Schiff saying it is fundamentally about Donald Trump, quote, offering official acts for a personal or political reason. Uh, What is the significance of Chairman Schiff discussing impeachable bribery tonight? Well, bribery is specifically mentioned in the U.S. Constitution as an impeachable offense. I mean, what we clearly have is bribery. Uh, there is, under any definition, whether it was back in the time the Constitution was written or up to today, bribery is bribery. Even if you take the statute that's on the books today, it still comes within the bribery definition. Um, the Quid pro quo has to be done with a corrupt intent. Corrupt intent is simply an improper purpose. When you start going out and taking $400 million that's that's appropriated by Congress to defend the Ukraine, and then you hold back a visit to the White House that the Mm. Ukrainians need in order to give them the posture that they want against the Russians, uh, not to mention the funds they need to defend themselves against the Russians, and you demand in return that you investigate your chief political rival. I mean, that is classic bribery. Tom, Tom, bribery. I mean, seriously. So like I said, they, they had nothing. They have nothing substantial to stand on. So now they're coming with bribery. The eve before they go into the impeachment hearings, it's like, okay, this is the angle. This is how we're going to approach this bribery. Wow. <laughs> Every day, it seems like there is a new little wheel thrown into the spokes here. None of it makes any sense. And my goodness will, how the mighty have fallen. A former Watergate prosecutor, now a random talking head for MSNPC. That is truly, truly pathetic. But getting to Schiff's statement there, his pathetic little attempt to explain what his life is about, his pathetic attempt to give himself some meaning, I mean, is a massive corruption 
corruption scandal that is rocking not just Ukraine but the United States and the 2016 election. Is that not in the nation's best interest? Even by Schiff's crummy little definition, everything President Trump did is above board. These guys have nothing to stand on. I hope that if our viewers live in a Democrat district, you will go out, find your representative, and calmly, nicely, legally ask, are you going to vote yes, and what's your plan for after 2020? Because we know you're not going to be in Congress. <laughs> yes. And you know, I'm, they were like, what can we get them on? What can we get them on? And the production crew printed out uh, that section of bribery in the Constitution. In the section four, it says the president, vice president, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanor. Now, if if they really want to go this angle with it, Tom, every last one of them are on, are on this list because someone leaked information from the White House, which is treasonous. Shifty shift going before Congress and to the American people lying doing a parody is is criminal act because he straight up lied. So he should be impeached as well. I mean, it says all office civil officers, all of them, not just some of them. So that includes Nancy Pelosi and all of them. It didn't say some of them. It didn't say only the president or the vice president. It says all of them. They, there is no bribery here because President Trump didn't receive something personal to himself. Well, and of course, they're arguing that he received something for his campaign, even though Joe Biden, from my understanding, was not even a declared <laughs> candidate for 2020 when all of this happened last summer. But I, it, it's, it's all a moot point regardless, Will, because this is in the national security interests of the United States. Why should we fund a corrupt government? That doesn't sound like a very good idea. Maybe they should clean up some of their corruption before we give them money. I mean, the United States doesn't need to be the world's piggy bank. And as Rand Paul reminded everyone, Everybody. This happens all the time. I mean, Obama gave them blankets at one point when he was supposed to give them weapons. Here, stay warm as you get shot by the Russians in your sleep. So this is all <laughs> a moot point. And really what it comes down to, it's kabuki theater to try to destroy President Trump and make him look weak before 2020. And the fact is, Will, and you and I have discussed this, there is a real chance they could win this impeachment push. And if they don't win it, they could weaken President Trump and maybe he loses in 2020. But not the way this is going. They're changing the narrative every other day. It makes no sense. They can't seem to get their story straight. And meanwhile, what's happening is the Democrats have to be fearing for their lives because come 2020, everybody is going to remember who voted to impeach the president and everybody is going to be coming out to vote because it will be President Trump's name on the ballot. These people are going to be joining the unemployment line. Exactly, exactly. So we have another video with Nikki Haley here. And, you know, Nikki Haley, she came out with her book and she was talking about the deep state trying to recruit her to go against President Trump. She refused, thankfully. So and now we have one where she there's a video where she's talking about how that President Trump did not do anything. And them trying to impeach impeach the president is serious. And a lot of people don't even realize because we've heard the word impeachment so much go throughout the media, on social media, everywhere. Impeachment is just like, oh, it's just another word now. It's just impeachment. Oh, impeachment of the president? There's nothing there. It's just another impeachment. Uh, you know, move on. Nothing to see here. Let's go to Nikki Haley. Public impeachment hearings began. You mentioned recently in an interview that you don't think the president's conduct 
with regard to Ukraine is impeachable. Have you made up your mind? Yeah, I have made up my mind. I mean, impeachment is literally the worst punishment you can do to a public official. And here you've got a situation where there was no investigation and the aid flowed as it was supposed to. So when you look at that situation, it's hard to see where impeachment would qualify for that. Can I stop you right there? Because that, I mean, with all due respect, to borrow a phrase, that doesn't seem like much of a defense of the president, that he might have tried to do those things, but it didn't work out. So... It's all okay. I mean, impeachment is serious. It's the most serious thing you can do to a president. The other side of this is we are less than a year away from the election. Instead, let the people decide. Let them hear the testimony. That's fine. But let well, them Well, you know decide. what? That's, that's exactly what this uh, hearing tomorrow is all about. The hearing tomorrow is about them coaching these witnesses and bring them before the public eye so that we, the American people, can put pressure on Republicans that don't go along with the Democrats that made up this whole fraudulent thing that President Trump should be impeached. It's 100 uh, percent. It's just plain out stupid. And because the Democrats don't have anything, they need us to be on their side. And that's what it's all about. So let me let me throw this other one in here. You know, what? actually, we'll display it when we come back. Um, there's another video. But, Tom, this Tomorrow, we're like on the eve of them doing these hearings. And with them having to come up with something, make up something, and I guarantee that they search, okay, find how we can impeach him. And they found in the U.S. Constitution the word bribery. There was no bribery here. There's nothing well, here. And you made a good well, point that Joe Biden uh, wasn't even, he, his name wasn't even in the hat for running for president during the time when this took place. So that changes I mean, the game. It, it, Will, this has never been about the facts from the Democrats. This is about destroying President Trump and destroying all of the great things that he's accomplished. And the fact is, they're going to do anything they can. They will stop at nothing. Nothing is unifying the Democratic Party. The only one thing they can all agree on, from Nancy Pelosi to AOC to Pencil Neck himself, the only thing they can agree on is that President Trump must be taken out by any means necessary. And so you're right. This isn't about facts, and this probably isn't going to be the last time that the facts get changed like this. I mean, this seems to be their game plan. They're going to continually change the narrative to keep Americans confused to the point where they've bamboozled us. And people think, oh, think of everything they're saying. He's got to be guilty of at least one of those 50 things. Exactly. Exactly. He's got to be guilty on something. So when we come back, we're going to play a video that's going to show how the Democrats can't chew gum and walk at the same time. Because their only concern is to impeach President Trump. That's the only thing they have on their mind. We'll be back after this. Are you concerned? You know, you said something interesting when you, you called for opening an impeachment inquiry in May of 19 before the before we knew about what was happening in Ukraine. It was actually turned out it was taking place at that time, but we didn't know it. But you you said the following. It's time for Congress to open an impeachment inquiry. You acknowledge the following. There is political risk in doing so, but there is a greater risk to our country in doing nothing. This is a fight for a democracy. Let me ask it this way. Are you concerned that the inquiry that you almost are going to make it too narrow and that it's so narrow we don't know the extent with which um, how much frankly Russia's influence had both on the Syria policy and the Ukraine policy and our back and forth with Turkey I mean in some ways it's all more, more of it's connected than not 
I mean, I look, I mean, I think that I think all of us wish that you could take on everything at once. But what we've taken on in this investigation related to Donald Trump and the Ukraine is sizable in itself. And you've seen that we've been calling a lot of witnesses. We're going to bring a lot of witnesses in front of the American people. Uh, and also, you know, I think people feel that the evidence that we have related to this incident amounts to impeachable offenses for the president of the United States, that even putting the other stuff aside that you've described, which of course seems problematic, but what we're investigating right now uh, amounts to impeachable offenses for Donald Trump. What impeachable offenses? I mean, what are they? I mean, them speculating on what took place is what they're saying is impeachable offense. They, they, they still have yet to show anything. Shifty Shift have been saying for calling out forever that he has evidence Damning evidence that will bring President Trump down. He's been saying that. He's been on the record saying that. Schiff has still have not produced a single thing. The Democrats still have not come forward with a single thing. Tomorrow, I, this is, this is my speculation, uh, Tom, that the Democrats tomorrow are going to come out and say, yeah, President Trump did this, President Trump did that without a shred of proof. And then on top of that, he just admitted that they're going to keep coming with witnesses. I mean, they're going to make up a new witness just like, I mean, seriously, I mean, like, like they're growing marijuana. <laughs> they're going to make up a new one. Here's another one. Grow another one. Grow another one. It's just a weed. Grow them. <laughs> There's definitely an internet meme there, Will. It's just a, it's just a different strain, bro. Different strain. Try it. Different exactly. witness. Different witness. But uh, that is roughly their mo. I mean, they have nothing on this guy. They have a parody of a transcript that is public for anybody to go and read, and yet that's still not enough. So now they're throwing out bribery. Then they're going to throw this into it. And what we just saw there was that low life degenerate on MSNPC admit the entire game plan. The entire game plan is to just keep throwing stuff at the wall until. Americans are so confused they can't figure out what it is that President Trump supposedly did wrong, so he must be guilty. I mean, that's exactly. the idea here. But the fact is, outside of these phony Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, aside from these phony polls that everybody knows are fake, I'm guessing the majority of Americans don't want to see this guy impeached. So the Democrats are playing a very delicate game here. They have to try to remove this guy, probably by Christmas, maybe by February of next year. If they don't do that, they will probably lose the presidency. They will almost certainly lose the House. They will be completely without power. So expect for them to get more and more desperate and act like cornered animals as this goes on. <laughs> cornered animals. I love it. I love it. You know, um, they he just mentioned in there that they're going to keep bringing a whole bunch of witnesses. These are witnesses that they're coming out with. Even whistleblowers, the whistleblowers, are the ones that they're creating. I mean, it just so happened that the whistleblower worked with Joe Biden. The whistleblower is a total leftist, total uh, socialist, communist, Democrat. <clears throat> and we're supposed to believe that there's no ties that, oh, no, he's just, he has no, he has no special interest on trying to take out President Trump. I mean, this is what they want us to believe. So this next clip, Tom, is with them talking about their witnesses. I mean, they own all the witnesses. They coach all the witnesses. They're going to have all the witnesses that for tomorrow to impeach President Trump. And like American people, this is the witness here. He just came forward. We have no idea who it is, but, you know, they just came out like the whistleblower. I mean, really? Really? Let's go to it. Is there a danger of not going down certain breadcrumb trails that your own witnesses are leading you to? I mean, George Kent testifying to the fact that 
Putin and Orban essentially planted the seeds of corruption in Ukraine with the president. Doesn't that mean you guys need to see those transcripts? Well, and ultimately it could mean exactly that. But I think the focus of this investigation was determined for us when the whistleblower came forward with information about a specific exchange and information about the president, Donald Trump, and the Ukrainian president. And that's why the scope of this investigation has been about that. But yes, should we follow up on things that may be, that may be criminal uh, or may be malfeasance? The answer is yes, and I think that ultimately we probably will. See, Tom, they're just putting that in their pocket because when this fails, they're going to be like, oh, then we'll fall back on that. See, they let the cat out the bag. Your own witnesses. I mean, seriously, will you be a witness today? How about you? Will you be a witness? <laughs> we need some more witnesses here. I mean, we need to say there was at least 50 people on the phone call. <laughs> Well, Will, I do have a suggestion. Should Adam Schiff or Joaquin Castro or anybody be listening? I mean, I know a guy who may make a great witness. His name is Eric Sierramella. I understand he's in the CIA. He's worked <laughs> extensively on matters that have to do with Ukraine. I, I have no other reason for saying this, but I believe he may be a fantastic witness. Eric Sierramella, look him up. I think he may be good. Eric Sierramella. You know what? We actually... I don't think we got to it, but uh, Fox News actually said Eric Ciamella, and they were, oh, yeah, we did play that, didn't we? Oh, <laughs> you know, and they finally got to saying it, but then they probably scrubbed that, like, okay, we we didn't want to say that. We don't want to say it. We don't want to say it. So we have another clip here, and we're going to change it up a little bit, uh, see if we can get to it before we run out of time. Actually, we are going to run out of time. Um, maybe we can come to it when we come back, but... um no, let's get to, let's just go ahead and get to this other one first. Let's go to, um, uh, let's go to numbers. No, no, you know what? Let's play number five. This is what was happening right here, Tom. What's happening is that the Democrats have this whole agenda to change, uh, people's views on what a man is and what a woman is and how they, how they had, now they had these pedophiles going after little children. And I want to play this clip for you. Let's play this clip. And I don't think you've seen this one yet, Tom, or maybe you have, but let's play this. And then we're going to cut it off, and then we'll get to the other one that everyone needs to see. Number five, play that. Mark Ott. He's a mechanical engineer. He's 49 years of age. He has two sons, one of them still in high school. He's charged with 74 counts of possession of child porn. Children as young as three months. Okay, stop it there. Did you hear me? As young as, as, young as three months. Three months this monster violated little babies at the age of three months and where's the liberal media at on it the liberal media says nothing you know what the liberal media they're excited about this pedophilia the liberal media they're excited about the adding the p to the lgbtq plus they're excited about these monsters play number six and i'm gonna show you exactly how the democrats feel about the lgbtq p plus all this other satanic stuff play it Thought it was amazing. It was incredible. It was fabulous. I'm like that. Look at this. Moment. Yeah. Like stunning, amazing, impeccable. <laughs> Look at this. Genius. Can you believe it? From the revolutionary of our time. <laughs> I love you so much. Thank That's you. Great. How sick are these people on the hill? These sicko Democrats, these sicko communists, they are attacking our children. My God. Wake up, people. Wake up. We'll be back.
we actually have counseling sessions with them because this is this is the most horrible, nasty stuff. You just can't believe what they're subjected to to conduct these investigations. You cannot believe what they see. And, and I keep being shocked when people suggest to me that quote-unquote, and I hate to hear this term, kiddie porn, is a 16, 17, 15-year-old girl who looks 25 and acts that way. Wrong. These are pictures of babies. Some as young as infants in diapers that are being sexually abused by developed grown men. It is horrible. And quite frankly, it's illegal to share. We would never share, but I only wish that the public had a full understanding of how deviant these people are with what they're watching as far as video clips and are still pictures. Some of this is a live movie of these children. I thought it was amazing. It was incredible. It was fabulous. I'm like that Lady Gaga moment. Yeah. She's like stunning, amazing, <laughs> impeccable, genius. You believe from the revolutionary of our time. <laughs> this is them. This is what they're happy about, Tom. I mean, the children, the little children, and then they have these monsters reading to little children, little boys and little girls to to uh, to adapt this lifestyle to be a and I don't I don't call them drag queens I call them dragon queens because they are of satan the great dragon that's what this is these dragon queens are attacking our children and these monsters in the left they just celebrate it. Oh, it's wonderful because it's also so trendy. It's trendy. Oh, yes, we love it. It's trendy the children. They are vampires feeding on the youth in this nation. Well, they told us the slippery slope was a fallacy. So we allow people to get married, even though it goes against biblical beliefs. We allow them to get married in a church. Sure, have at it. And now, where are we? We are a few years down the line, and you see what what is on screen right now with an elected official yes. gushing over this demon. I mean, what is this? This is, it looks like an alien made its way to planet Earth. I mean, an alien invasion could not be this perfect to be having small children read to and and how many of these freaks and i'm sorry facebook i know i'm gonna get in trouble for that but they're freaks how many of them keep getting outed as pedophiles i think the number's up to nine or ten now that we Dude. know of you have Dude. you have in kansas in kansas it is actually there is a massive fight and they said it is homophobic to do a criminal background check for these drag queen story what? times yeah, yeah, it is a homophobic what? act to figure out whether the person with a little boy or a little girl sitting on their lap is a child rapist. So these vampires feeding on our children is a is is you're homophobic if you find out or do a criminal background check when they're involved with children. See, right. that just runs all through me. That runs all through me. Now, if you want to be adult and you want to go out and you put on your tutu and you grow man, go do your thing. Leave me out of it. Leave me out of it. But you start introducing this into children because they want to do this massive indoctrination on our children now. So when they become our age, then they can say this. Oh, it's always been this way. You're the one that's being hateful. AOC and the rest of these Democrats are so demonic. And any of you that's watching this right now, 
and you vote for these Democrats, you are voting for this demonic entity that you see on the screen next to me and Tom here. That's exactly what you're voting for. I don't care if you say, well, I don't, you know, I don't agree with that, but I'm still vote for the Democrats. You're voting for it. You agree to it simply by voting for it. Get 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 it off the screen. Just get off the screen. Let's, let's change the subject, please. Here. I mean, let's, these things. It is demonic. I don't want to beleaguer it either, Will. But I mean, what what? This is not normal behavior. This is in the last five years. This has exploded. This yes. used to be what would happen to gay bar at three a.m. at closing time, and now it's on national television next to America's revolutionary Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. I mean, this is disgusting. And and if you really want a grasp on how disgusting this is, I think AOC is going to be the next mayor of new york and she's probably going to institutionalize these things yeah absolutely okay let's let's change it up here because i mean i i, I need to let me see i'm gonna check myself because man i i get worked <laughs> up i get worked up uh okay okay let's okay so chuck schumer and nancy pelosi and the rest of them are pushing this whole DACA thing and we still have american people in this country dying left and right from people that come into the country illegally, not doing the right thing. And then they run and they hide and they just try, they do criminal acts. And the left says nothing about it because it was like, oh, they give them a pass because they're illegal they're, or they're undocumented. So they give them a pass for doing these criminal acts. It's almost the same thing like they give a pass to, to, to black people for acting ignorant in certain situations. So let's go to this clip here. This is what Chuck Schumer today talking about DACA on the Supreme Court. So, ladies and gentlemen, we often ask these days with so much tumult in the land, what is America? This is America. All the people here. This is our hope. This is our future. This is our dream. These you hear people, this? They're what makes America a great country. And people like them who have come you, here decade after decade and century after century. Well, I thought America was never great. I, I'm they very are. confused by this. But I'm I surprised mean, the he's whole not point, crying yet. Yeah, I mean, he's he's pointing out these are not even American citizens, and he's and, and he's just disregarding the American people and all of the people that 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 are suffering right now under the tyranny of the Democrats. They just kicked them all to the curb. You mean nothing to the Democrats. Anyone who's watching this. You mean nothing to the Democrats. So I don't know why you would still vote for him, why you would still support him. Well, I was just reading before we came on the show, President Trump tweeted out and released to Facebook, almost 60,000 of these DACA recipients are now criminals, some violent criminals, some murderers, gangbangers, thieves, drug addicts, drug dealers. Yes. These are terrible, terrible people. And the fact that the Democrats and many on the right, by the way, want to give these people a free pass to come into our country, it's disgusting. It's going to cause chain migration. So instead of having one criminal drug dealer, you have 50 criminal drug dealers because they can to claim some blood relation. I mean, this yeah, is the exactly. type of thing. This is why we lost California. This is why California has needles and feces in the street right now. The Democrats imported a bunch of voters. They tricked Ronald Reagan into giving them amnesty, and now the state is lost, yep. and they want to do yep. it with the rest of the country. Exactly. So we have another clip with Nancy Pelosi at this same uh, meeting where she's pretty much kicked all Americans to the curb and for some reason, you still have, I don't, I don't even know that Americans, well, there, there are some people out there that still call themselves American, but they're still supporting her. Uh, I, 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 it's just mind blowing to me. But here, look at this video here. This is number, 
uh, number 11 with Nancy Pelosi saying that DACA is all American. Let's go to it. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and thank you for bringing us all together so that we can say thank you to our dreamers for making America more American with their hopes, optimism, courage, determination to make the future better for their families. And that for that, we are grateful to their parents. Please thank your parents for us, as was mentioned by Antonio, for giving us the opportunity to have you in our country. Now, here we are on this day that should be a very hopeful one for our country where the Supreme Court of the United States will make a decision to either cause pain or find a solution uh, by upholding what we think is the right thing to do. Just to put it in perspective, uh, Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan, this is not a partisan issue. President Reagan, when he was president, after the Congress passed the Comprehensive Immigration Bill of 1986, he said to Congress, you didn't go far enough. And he instituted family fairness, which protected a higher percentage of people and our newcomers to our country. Okay, stop it the there. President so go, play the clip with the uh, with the needles on the beach. Order. So Tom brought it up, and she's talking about Ronald Reagan. Yes, California is lost. California is gone. And there's needles running all rampant all throughout the beach. We're going to play that and much more. Actually, yeah. There's needles all through the beach. We're going to play that clip so you can hear what they're talking about. People walking around and getting stuck by a needle in their foot. You go to the beach, you're barefoot. That's what you do at the beach. All right, we'll be back after this. They're what makes America a great country. And people like them who have come here decade after decade and century after century. They are our future. If we don't have people like these young people as American citizens, America will not have the future that it will be anywhere close to as bright as our past. We have always been a nation of immigrants from the very early days. We have always treasured immigrants from the very early days. And all of a sudden, we have a president who thinks he can gain political ground by attacking these beautiful kids and the so many millions of others like them who come from around the globe to live the American dream. This is the Democrats. This is exactly what I keep talking about. This is the Democrats constantly talking about illegals, and they're putting illegals before the American people. So we have a guest on tonight, Camille Robinson. She lost her son, Jamar Roshan Beach, when an illegal alien failed to yield at an intersection and killed her son. The accused alien was sentenced for 14 months in jail. That's it. He should have been removed. You know, back in back in the day, had this happened, people, I mean, it had been, you know, you lost something, you're going to lose something. This is horrible. So I want to welcome our guests with us. And uh, today of all days where the uh, Supreme Court is supposed to rule on the DACA that was put in place by Obama. I want to thank you for joining us today, Ms. Robinson. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry that you for your loss. What a what a handsome I mean, absolutely handsome young man he was. 
Thank you very much. I appreciate it. So let me, let me, I wasn't expect. I didn't even think about how they would be doing the DACA today, but for you to see them on the Hill and the Democrats talking about, uh, making a pathway for, uh, these illegals and they're concentrating more on them than they are concentrating on our own children in this country. What went through your mind when you were seeing this today? What went through my mind is they're, they're not taking into consideration all of the crimes that these people come over when they get here and they commit. And it's all about political it's a political arena um, to get the votes that's necessary for whomever to get into um, office. Myself, I didn't concentrate on a lot of the immigration issues that we were having until I was thrown in the midst of it. And being thrown in the midst of it, I do have a different view on it now because it's directly affected me and my household. Mm. So... My feelings towards it now is if they cannot come legally, then they don't need to be here because and and I feel also that more people should be held responsible and it would prevent a lot of the illegal activity. If the people that are hiring these illegal immigrants, if they are held accountable and they are somehow fined, when these people go out and commit crimes, um, it would eliminate a lot of people staying here because we're making it too comfortable for them to be here. So they're here and they're doing what they want to do and they feel that they're above the law. As in my case, uh, Mr. Neary, who's Carmona, um, who was 26 years old, worked for a construction company in Raleigh, North Carolina, Rodeus Construction Company, um, had just supposedly got off from work. However, um, what people fail to realize, I know a lot of people are saying, why is she still interviewing? Because it was just a motorcycle accident. But it wasn't just an accident because this gentleman, he actually decapitated my son, drove off with his body, laying across the laps of his friend in the van that he was driving that didn't belong to him. It belonged to one, two, I'm sorry, it was a couple, um, two illegal Mexicans because nine of them lived in one apartment complex. Also, the apartment complexes, they need to be held accountable as well because they know that these people are illegal. Now, you have nine people living in a, be- a one-bedroom apartment. That's ridiculous. The van that this mm. man was driving, it was, it belonged to two of the people that he lived with in the house, but it was registered to two other legal Mexicans who happens to have 19 vehicles registered in their name, but it's not a business policy. So you have the illegals paying the legal to insure their vehicle. Mm. That is absolutely disgusting. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. And and a lot of people need to be held uh, more responsible. And for myself with this case, and I hate to bring race in it, but race matters. And it is a problem. Had this been little Bobby or little Susie, 
I believe this case would have been handled differently. Um, I believe that him being charged with a felony hit and run, that's just not acceptable. And especially when once they located him, because of course they're running the tag of the the, the plates on the van that belong to the legal Mexican who doesn't even live in the, in the city of Raleigh, North Carolina. He lives in Willow Springs, North Carolina. So mm-hmm. once they, you know, called him, of course, he didn't know who had his van. So at that point, this man, once they found him four hours later, he blew a point oh eight. Four hours after he killed my son. But they wow. couldn't charge him with drunk driving because he said he got drunk when he got home. Um, he actually drove my son's body through an apartment complex. He parked him and his friends and they got out and they walked 200 feet to his apartment. When he was um, questioned by the officers, he was told he told the officers that he had just got dropped off from work and he didn't know anything about the van. And at that point, one of the detectives, because he said he had just gotten out of the shower, one of the detectives noticed the airbag dust on his uh, forearm. And at that point, he refused to talk anymore. And he went and he called 911 and confessed to being the driver of the van. However, they asked for his blood. He refused. He said that he was scared of needles. Um, But his uh, whole neck is tattooed completely. Um, with tattoos all over his neck, but he's scared of needles. So he refused to give them blood, but he did give them, he did blow and he blew a 0.08 four hours later. So with that being said, a lot of these laws need to be changed. And one law that definitely needs to be changed is the law where in the city of Raleigh, um, the newly elected sheriff, he voided out the G257 agreement, which where ICE can come in and pick these immigrants up. They're not allowed to do that in Raleigh. They have to wait until they're released and off of the property before they can pick these immigrants up. And that's ridiculous. And that was what he did when he first got into office. That is absolutely horrifying. Thank you so much for sharing this terrible, terrible moments of your life. Can you tell us, I mean, I know the person, this monster got 14 months in prison. Do you know, I mean, just show us, tell us how you respond to this. I mean, it's absurd. It's, it's infuriating. I can only imagine what it must be like to be the mother of somebody who is lost and to see the person get 14 months. Just give us your response to this. My response was, first of all, I at least expected an apology. Um, Mm -hmm. I did forgive him because in order for me to move forward, to be stronger for my younger son, my grandchildren, I have to I had to forgive him. So I forgave him in court after I read my victim impact statement. This young man, because he was only 26 years old at the time of sentencing, um, he never even looked in my direction. He never offered an apology. He actually lied while we were in court. When they asked, did you know what you were pleading guilty to? Because he actually pleaded guilty to an aggravating factor because I put up a fuss. I said, this man transported my son's dead body and he needs to have another charge other than just 
felony hit and run because felony hit and run in North Carolina only carries 12 months. So the aggravating factor carries 33 months. He pled guilty to that. And with that, the judge said, are you under any alcohol or drugs? He said, no. And the judge said at that point, um, when was the last time that you um, have had any alcohol or drugs? Okay. This young man. Uh, Ms. Robinson, Ms. Robinson, we're going to go to a hard break. Say that thought. We're going to talk to you right after this break, okay? All right, firepowernews.com. What an amazing story. We'll be right back. Forged in the fire of truth. Firepower with Will Johnson. All right, welcome back. We are talking to Cameo Robinson. She lost her son to an illegal alien. And personally, none of us should ever, ever have to experience that. Never. And this, this young lady, she's such a, has an amazing story. And I wish, be honest with you, I wish it was a story that she didn't have to tell. No one should have to tell this story about losing your loved one, losing your child. And, but yet we have people that's pushing to bring, to allow people to come into the country and then they defend them when they commit these crimes. So before, right before we went to the break, she was, uh, finishing up her story or she was uh, telling her story. So let's bring her back on so she can uh, finish saying what she was saying. Okay. You there? Okay. Well, yes, I am. Um, but what I was saying is how the gentleman, once we were in court, um, the judge asked him, uh, had, when was the last time he had had any drugs or alcohol? This young man in the court under oath said that the last time he had um, drugs and alcohol or alcohol was when he was 19 or 20 years old. And I'm sitting in the court like, did anybody hear that lie other than myself? Because he was arrested on September the 1st with a .08 blood count for alcohol. You know, and so... So what, so what, so what did they... So what was the outcome of that? Did they say anything about... Did anyone bring it up? Did your, did your lawyer bring it up? Did, did anybody bring it up? Nobody addressed it at all. And... I was a little fretful to even say anything because, for one, um, to go into a trial, first of all, I've never had to do that before, but to go in and no one was allowed in but us, and he had um, four people for him. I had, you know, myself um, and my family and friends, and, you know, of course, my thing was I needed to let the judge know that this is something more than just a young black man with a motorcycle jacket on. Um, this was somebody who had a family. He had, had, he has a two year old son. And so his son won't get to see his father anymore. But this young man that killed him, he's married where he was working here, sending his money home, according to his private attorney. Where you get money from to hire a private attorney, illegal immigrant, you know, but he had his private attorney there and his family was prepared if he did not plead guilty um, to the aggravating factor, which carried 33 months. His family was prepared to bail him out. And of course, his bail was only fifty thousand dollars. So with that being said, you know, I was very upset 
um, at the fact that he did lie in court and nobody said anything, but I was scared to say anything because it was nobody in the court but us, but there was more than about, there was about nine sheriffs that was in the court with us. And I was like, said anything. Nobody said anything. Nobody. So I, I, I'm very upset with the outcome, but I have to keep pushing forward, which is why I am speaking on it. Because at one point I didn't want anybody to know that my son was decapitated. Um, his head went down the streets. It was on, um, New Hope Church Road in Raleigh, North Carolina. And his head went down the street, stopped at a bus stop, but it was hit by a couple of cars. Um, and of course, this gentleman kept driving with his body inside of the van and just left him, you know, and no calling of the ambulance or anything. And that, you know, it was no longer an accident. It was a choice. Accident, he would have stopped. And I would have understand. I mean, I understood because I had the conversation with my son about the motorcycle and I told him you didn't need to ride the motorcycle anymore. You have a, a, a son yourself. He said, Ma, when I ride the motorcycle, I'm free. And I said, well, with that being yeah. said, be safe. And I say this, my son me, died. Okay, hold on. <laughs> one second. We're going to go to another heartbreak. When we come okay. back, I want to hear the rest of that story and then I'm going to ask you another question. That's probably on a lot of people's mind. Firepowernews.com. We'll be right back after this. Firepower. Weekdays from 7 and 9 p.m. Central Time. Only at Bandock Video. Welcome back to Firepower. I am Tom Pafford. Our guest is Cameo Robinson, who had her son tragically taken from her by an illegal immigrant who hit him on his motorcycle in traffic and continued on with the body, not reporting it to the police or calling the paramedics. Uh, Cameo, you were just talking about you had the discussion with your son uh, that, you know, this could cause an accident. It's it's dangerous to be on a motorcycle, but it's entirely different when somebody hits somebody and doesn't immediately report the accident, continues driving, pretending that nothing happened. So I, I just want you to continue your thoughts. Well, my thoughts, you know, like I said, my son, he died doing what he loved to do. You know, he lives his life with no regret. And so with that, his job here on earth in the physical, it was done. So I have to lean on my faith to get me through. And I'm not going to say I don't have bad days because I do. It's been a year and I still have bad days. Um, I still go through thinking what if he had survived and not been decapitated, what would his quality of life have been? And, and it bothers me that he had just really begun to live his life. He was enjoying his son. Um, he was a great father. You know, he was just he was like any other young man. He wasn't a perfect child, but he was a child who loved. And, you know, it's like when you're just starting your life, starting your family. And I can see the fruits of my labor because I work very hard. I have two, you know, sons. Well, one now, but I had two sons and I worked hard to show them, you know, you have to work. You have to get out here. You have to get yours. And I always raise them, letting them know, you have three 
things already against you before you step out of the house. You're young, you're black, and you're male. So you have to stay five steps ahead of everybody else. So you have to push. And I, I led by example. I, you know, went back to school to finish my degree when they were very, you know, they were like 14, 15 years old. I got my undergrad. I uh, recently, as a matter of fact, last June and well, August when I was on vacation, um, that's when I got notification that my son had actually been killed. I wasn't even in the country. Um, so I mm. did have to go against, you know, and call one of the television stations that put out news of a woman saying that she'll never forget the um, screams that his mother had. Well, those screams weren't mine. I wasn't in the country. Um, and I told them, you need to retract that story. So this has been a, a case that there needs to be a lot of changes and not a lot of laws changed down in Raleigh. Um, and because one of the things that I had to deal with is I'm already going through grief of losing my son. And once I realized two weeks later, I had not received his his cell phone back. And, you know, I told them, hey, I don't know what y'all are used to, but, you know, I'm not one to play with. So I'm getting ready to use find my iPhone finder. And if I find out that my son's phone is in that police station, y'all are going to have some problems because I called the detective and he was very short and very nasty. And he was like, we don't keep victims' phones. I said, okay, let me call the medical examiner. Called there. They said, Miss Robinson, he never came over with a phone. Well, miraculously, three hours later after I talked to the DA secretary and said what I said to her, um, they found his phone. Well, how? first of all, how you know it's my son's phone and where did you find it? In the police station? No, ma'am, we found it in the van. What are you doing in the van? The van is totaled and it's in the tow yard. But... The uh, detective supervisor, he actually drove my son's phone to me because he was asking me about a screensaver. How would I know what my son have on his phone as a screensaver? He lives in Raleigh. I live in Virginia, you know. And mm -hmm. but when he told me it was Power Rangers, I said, OK, that's my son's phone. He, he drove it to me. I signed over the paper for receiving the evidence back two weeks later. Um, and I'm like, when do police start hand delivering property back? to victims, families, you know, so it's a lot with this case that I'm not happy with. Um, I was, you know, I settled when they said that he would plead guilty to the aggravating factor, which was 33 months. But with him having to do his, um, he already did his, his time from September and we went to um, trial in March. So they had to contribute that that time so that's why wow. he only is doing wow. 14 months. Right. Let, me, let me ask you this question have you have I, I noticed that you were on fox and friends and you were telling your story on there have mm -hmm. you been on any of the and i have to ask the question any of the other networks like cnn and msnbc or any of the other left-leaning uh outlets no i have not um i was invited on to Fox and Friends. So that's why, you know, I went on. Um, nobody else reached out. No, I'm sorry. One other, um, I forgot the young lady's name that do the news um, on Fox, but she does hers at nine or 10 o'clock at night. But mm. um, they couldn't get me over because I, I had to travel over to Virginia Beach to the studio and they couldn't get me on that particular night. 
So they actually interviewed some um, ICE uh, workers, so to speak, to speak Mm. about, you know, um, the policies and procedures that are that they're working to try to get changed so that they won't be able to, like the sheriff in Raleigh did, void out the G257 agreement where they have really no authority to go in. You know, well, okay. So let me let me let me ask you this before I know. I'm sorry, Tom. Let me ask this one You're last fine. question here, because um, uh, so none of the liberal media outlets reached out to you about your story about your son, which is which is they should have my opinion. But uh, so let me ask you this because as a black woman, and the, the way the liberal media talks about President Trump hating black people, but President Trump is the one saying that we need to have a wall. We need to have better immigration policies. We need to have people going to come to the country. He said they're welcome. They need to come uh, legally. Uh, what has what what has your views been about President Trump? My views with President Trump, I only agree with him with the immigration factor. Everything else, no, I'm not a Trump fan. Um, but when it comes to this immigration, yes, we. But I don't agree with the wall. Because the wall is a waste of money. They're not even coming across the wall. They're coming underground. So, I mean, I have a girlfriend in Texas um, who they had a story where, you know, the na- a neighborhood kept seeing immigrants come from this one particular house. Come to find out there was a tunnel that came in the man's house. He gave them clothes. They went about their business. So the wall is relevant. They're not coming across the wall. That's a waste of money. But I do agree that they need to do something to prevent them from coming over here. And it, but it has to start at the top because they're doing a lot of agriculture down in Raleigh. They're, you know, they're doing a lot of the cheap labor. So that's why they allow them to come. So it's a political arena. And, and it's just, it's, it's very heartening because we have so many people here in America that needs jobs. You know, and mm. we can't get jobs because, you know, they're taking them and they're they're holding them for these these illegal people that they know are clearly illegal. There's no way that this man can work for this Rodeus construction company and they not know that he don't have papers to be. You know, and it's it's hard it's it's disheartening to even know that after you work so hard and you are a citizen, you're being treated as if you don't belong here because that's how I feel my son is, has been treated. Yeah. And the reason, the reason why, yeah, the reason why I bring it up because, you know, there's all, there's that tension, uh, about how the black community doesn't like President Trump or President Trump is racist against the black community, which I come to find out is absolutely not true because I've been to the White House twice. Uh, he just had a, a, a summit, uh, in uh, Atlanta, GA of all places this past Friday where over 500 pe- black people were there showing their support for President Trump because he's actually making a difference. And one of the things that a lot of people don't know is that the political roots for black people in this country is the Republican Party. So I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you for coming on with us. God bless you. Keep up the faith. All right, everybody. We'll be back after this. You're supposed to administratively. So if you speak, if you ask the constitutional question, it's important that that administrative process uh, be carried out. 
that whether it's the Obama administration or the Trump administration, that there is an administrative process that you're supposed to go through, and this administration didn't do that. And so because of that, I hope that the court will uphold DACA. What does that mean? Uphold the decision that was made, but then say, okay, those folks are grandfathered in, but going forward, it cannot be constitutional. Are you hoping for some sort of remedy that way? Uh, well, what I'm hoping they'll say is that the rescission by the Trump administration cannot take effect was illegal because of the way they did it administratively. So the program would then continue. I mean, look, Chuck, ultimately, as you know, uh, ultimately, it's the Congress, be done Congress has to step right? up. Right. Yeah. The Congress has to step up. We, we came close a few years ago when we, when the Senate passed comprehensive immigration reform, which would have put these dreamers on a path to citizenship. And John Boehner, because of the Hastert rule, refused to put it on the floor for a vote in the House, even though there yeah. were about 230 members of Congress who would have probably voted for it. And then he, I think he refused to put it on the floor for a vote because he was scared of losing his speakership. And then he resigned the next year from his speakership. Uh, so, so basically the, the Democrats want the 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 Supreme Court to put to keep in place the 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 unlawful law that Obama put in place with the whole DACA thing in the first place. Even Obama had admitted, Tom, that him doing the DACA thing wasn't lawful. It was he should have been doing it in the first place. He even admitted it himself. And now the Democrats are trying to push it like, oh, this is what needs to stay here. This needs to remain. They're doing this to put on this facade that they are for the for these for the, for the DACA people. The only reason why they're bringing them in is because, like the young lady we had on a minute ago, they're killing our children and they need to replace them with other votes. That's all this is about. It's about power. Who can they control? Because they're losing control of the black community. Ultimately, they are. You still have some people that don't realize it, but they're ultimately losing. So they just want to bring them in and replace them. And they don't care about the people that are here in America, Tom. Well, the entire DACA fiasco is completely constitutionally unsound. I mean, a lot of people say it's an executive order. That's technically inaccurate. It was an executive memo put forward by DHS. So there is nothing official or constitutional. It's not a law. It's a memo. I mean, there is absolutely no reason why President Trump shouldn't have been able to stop this with a pin stroke. And the fact is, these people come in. Some of them, maybe they're fine. They still shouldn't be here. They were brought here illegally. Unlike what Chucky Boy Schumer said, shame on their parents for mm. making their children an unwitting party to a crime. I mean, it's yes. absolutely absurd that we are rewarding these people. But beyond that, forget about the so-called good ones who are still in this country illegally and were brought in by their shameful, terrible parents. You have 60,000 of these people in this country who are now violent criminals. Maybe they're drug dealers. Maybe they're rapists. Maybe they hit a guy on a motorcycle and decapitate him. God knows what they do yeah. when they're here. Oh, but, oh, yeah, they're the dreamers. They're the yes. dreamers. They're the future. <laughs> future. America's exactly. children are the past. These exactly. illegal immigrants are the future. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're absolutely right. And, and, and we're like, okay, we need to concentrate on these are the real, this what this what this is what makes America, America, the people that came here illegally, not the people in America, not your children here in America. And I, and I still don't, I, you know, it's, it only takes a couple brain cells to realize <laughs> what the Democrats are doing. Just a couple. And well, all you have to do is, 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, just, know, since just 1965. This has yeah. only been going on since 65. I mean, that was when the massive immigration bill passed that had bipartisan support because the left lied back then. They said they wouldn't use immigration as a way to gain the elections by importing people who are more likely to vote Democrat. That is, of course, precisely what they did. But before that, we had very, very strict immigration. And in the periods when we didn't have strict immigration protocols in this country, people like to point out when the Italians came here, when the Irish came here, when all of these different groups came here, we didn't have welfare. So if you came to America and you couldn't succeed, you moved back. Something like 30% of immigrants in the early American experiment who came to this country moved back because they couldn't figure out how to hack it in a true capitalist economy. Now they come here, we bribe them with welfare, we get them on the Democrat plantation, and they never leave. But you know what? The Democrats, that's what they do. That's their model. They get people not to realize what took place in the past, and they want to wrap it up and cover it up and not so people don't realize that they're doing the same thing over again. They lied then. They're lying now because they know most people are not going to go look at it. Most people are not going to even remember it. I mean, how did how long did they say Americans forget stuff? Like 2.2 seconds later and they already <laughs> moved on to something else? Because we have Netflix. We have all of these different shows. We have social media. There's so much every, there's so many different things to distract us. And that's exactly what the Democrats they they, they utilize all these different things to distract us from what they're actually doing when it comes with these illegals. And they're, they're, they're constantly emphasizing on it. So let me change it up here a little bit. So Elijah Cummings, you know, the late Elijah Cummings is now the uh, he's Elijah Goings away for good. But now his wife is going to pick up the helm and she's going to run in his place. So we have a video clip on her where she said that she's going to, you know, do so much and she's going to pull up her sleeves and she's going to do so much for the people. My question is, is what were you doing when Elijah Cummings was alive? I mean, are you going to bring, are you pulling up your sleeves to bring in more rats? I mean, I'm really confused. (laughs) So let's go to that video. So tomorrow I will announce that I will be running for the Congress, uh, the 7th Congressional District of Maryland. Uh, I believe very strongly uh, that, um, you know, I have the background and the focus and the commitment uh, and the ability uh, to um, take the reins and to make a good run for this seat. Uh, I fought right alongside Elijah for the last, you know, 12 years, and we knew each other uh, another 10 years before that. Uh, and so I've been on this path uh, for fighting for the soul of our democracy, for fighting for health care, uh, education, uh, for a better America for all. And so he want he wanted me to continue this fight and I'm going to continue this fight and run the race and and prayerfully win. Uh, and so I am prepared and I'm ready to roll up my sleeves and address what Baltimore needs. Uh, Baltimore uh, is a city of great potential, uh, but it has lopsided economic outcomes, lopsided health outcomes, uh, lopsided educational outcomes. And the poorest people, the black and brown population of the city and certainly surrounding areas, uh, are in need of somebody who's willing to launch what I call an inclusion revolution. Uh, Someone who's really, (laughs) really ready to tackle the, the structural challenges that are facing the city and the surrounding areas. I believe that a better future is possible for Baltimore. And so I'm looking forward to bringing everything that I got uh, to make sure that we have a better future for the city and the region. Okay, uh, stop so it I'm there. So this. Stop it there. So she want to make sure she brings everything that she has to make sure that Baltimore stays a rat infested location. Poor people don't even expect to get anything because she's going to continue what Elijah Cummings did. 
And she's going to keep it going. You think that you're going to get something better under her? You are completely stupid if you think you're going to have anything better under her. This is what you're going to get. You're going to get rats coming in and it's going to be like, oh, it's going to be like a new haven. We're just going to create more of the rat infested condition. Why? Because if President and if President Trump come out and say black people, you don't have to live this way. Oh, then, of course, then he's racist. Black people, you don't have to live this way. Black people, you can do better. Black people, you can live in clean facilities. Whoa, that's racist. You can't say that. It's just like Tom, what you said. Oh, you can't look into a, a, a dragon queen if he's a, a assault of if he assaults wimp of children, because then that's homophobic. I can't even get it out. This is so crazy. It's world. Look at this. We'll be back. <laughs> this is firepower. And now, Will Johnson. All right, welcome back to FirepowerNews.com. Our next guest is John Michael Chambers. Uh, he is an expert on the deep state. And what a great time to bring him on to talk about the impeachment hearings that's going to take place tomorrow. He is an author. He's an advocate. He's a speaker. Um, he has been all over the world talking to various people about different uh, things that's happening and how the uh, the deep state is going to affect us all. So without further ado, let's bring on John Michael Chambers with Tom Pepper and myself. How you doing, sir? I'm good. Nice to see you, gentlemen. It's good to be back. Yes, absolutely. So tomorrow they're going to have this hearing with on the president. You know, I call it the coup. You know, it's like the coup. They're going to come publicly with the coup and they're going to have their witnesses that they've already coached. Um, what do you think the, the outcome is going to be starting tomorrow? Well, the outcome of this circus, this charade, this coup, as you uh, aptly stated, the outcome is going to be the same outcome as all the other failed attempts. Here's a smattering of these attempts. We had the Mueller witch hunt. Had that work out? Not so good. Then we had the Mueller hearing to their attempt to uh, salvage the Mueller witch hunt. That backfired even further. Then they brought in Lewandowski, who Lewandowski gave them the one-two punch. That went nowhere. Then they got the tax returns. That still hasn't played out. Manafort, Stormy Daniels, that didn't work out. She paid his, his legal bills. Avenatti's in prison. And now we have the impeachment witch hunt. And that's what it is. The process is being bypassed, the due process. And this is just, as you know, an, another attempt to try and derail the successful campaign and reelection of Donald Trump for president. And like everything else that they've thrown at this great candidate and this great president, this, too, will fail and backfire in a very, very big way. Uh, in, in, in very short order, this will backfire because they're going to do everything they can. The president will not be impeached. And then the D-class hits, IG2, the NSA a collection of data and so forth, and everything they're doing now, they're just setting themselves up for a complete reversal of what they think they're going to accomplish, which is to lose votes for Trump. But rather, they're going to gain votes for Trump because they're going to be exposed. 
So what do you predict – and thanks for coming back on. What do you predict will be the electoral consequences? I mean this is a seemingly very desperate attempt to get rid of President Trump, and I'm wondering what you think will happen to the House as a result. Well, you know, it's a long way till next November, right? I mean it's basically just under a year before uh, we go to vote, and um, and I think – the landscape changes significantly uh, by the end of this calendar year, because D-class is coming. The, the, the continuation and the guts and the heart of this D-class is coming. Uh, FISA, IG2, NSA uh, data, and Epstein and Nixon and so forth and so on, as well as all the all the backfiring of this of phony impeachment because Trump's releasing the next transcript. It's it, it's so so. My, to your question of the House, what I think will happen, because it'll be a completely different world between now and next November, what's going to happen is we're going to gain seats in the House. And, 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 and we're going to uh, gain enormous uh, votes, a lot of votes on the popular vote for President Trump, because a lot of Democrats are going to see what's happening. It's a long way till next November. And the D-class, that's the, that's the weapon. That's the weapon. And we have it. Well, you know, they keep coming up with more witnesses. The last witness they came up with was uh, Laura Cooper, and she was from the Pentagon. And uh, to my understanding, in 2010, she was a director in the Pentagon. Do you think uh, with them coming up with more witnesses because, you know, because the people in predominant uh, high profile positions that we sh they're, they're, they're wanting us, the American people, to look at them like, oh, yeah, they're completely valid. And their attacks or them coming out saying what they're saying about President Trump with the whole Ukrainian deal. Do you think them coming out with witnesses that the American people are going to buy into it? I mean, what do you it, think? It, for, for a short period of time, they'll buy into it as they did the Mueller witch hunt. And as in the Mueller witch hunt, this will backfire, too. You see, because they're bypassing the actual process, number one. Uh, number two, you, you, you've got handpicked witnesses, no uh, cross-examination or questioning, uh, at least at this stage of the game just yet. And uh, and look, as far as Ukraine and, and all that, they've got nothing on Trump. There's nothing there. Just like there was nothing there on all the other attempts that they've had, there's nothing here. And in fact, what's here when it comes to Ukraine are the Bidens, Papa mm -hmm. and son. So, I mean, just keep bringing it on. They're, they're setting themselves up for the trap, and the trap is against them, and that's that's the way I see this playing out. As far as the House goes, and the and these preliminary hearings that, that are unfolding now, um, it's going to look scary. Uh, it may sway some some people for a short period of time, but again, in relatively short order, this is going to backfire, and we'll be on to the next news story. Just like we, you know, we don't talk about Kavanaugh anymore. We don't talk about the Mueller witch hunt anymore. We don't talk about all the other things that have come and gone. This too shall come and go, and the narrative will shift because the D-class is here. All the information's here. Joe Jennifer recently reported uh, his theory on why it's been delayed, um, and not just the theory, the fact that Durham and Barr are working on, on grand juries. But I would also assert this. Remember, we're in an intelligence war. And so when, when we, our side, leaks out to the media and says, well, the uh, IG2 may be coming out next Tuesday, I'm just wondering if they do that, we do that, because it is an intel battle, and we do it so that the left continues to play their next card, right? 
and exposing themselves and further burying themselves as we delay it further and further. But it's coming, and I would say it's coming before this, the end of this year. Uh, and, and, and the narrative shifts for, for 2020 uh, in a very, very big way. There's not going to be an impeachment. Trump will not be removed from office. I think a lot of folks will be very uh, excited to see that. I hope I sincerely hope your uh, info is dead on the money there. I know I would like to see it as well. So I'm wondering, what do you make of the Republican response to the impeachment fiasco? I mean, it doesn't seem to be that iron willed. We've seen uh, multiple Republicans now essentially begging Adam Schiff to call the so-called whistleblower Eric Ciaramella to uh, testify. And of course, Schiff says no. So do you think that this is indicative that the Republican Party or at least some of the elite members of the party are not necessarily willing to play ball with President Trump? Well, I mean, look, we've got, you know, the overused term, but there's far too many rhinos and imposters and and plants in the Republican Party. Listen, this is about Trump, truth and transparency and saving this country. And these, these rhinos are setting themselves up, too, to be voted the heck out of office by what they do and don't do during this period of time in history. So go ahead and have at it. But on the other, on the other flip side of that coin, Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, Ratcliffe, and scores of others, these are good, good congressmen doing good work right now. We got to get Jim Jordan on the, on the Intel committee to be able to question them. They fear him. Uh, like a vampire fears the light. Okay. So, I mean, um, you know, so, but, uh, look, we know truth is on our side. And, um, and, and again, uh, like all the other stories, this, this one will too come and go and the president will prevail because there are no impeachable offenses. And the very method that they're choosing to run the charade is just that. And it will, it will backfire. They have nothing left. There's nothing left. Uh, and, uh, and what they have on Adam Schiff is extraordinary. What the intel they have on this gentleman, besides the obvious, the lying, the leaking, uh, you know, the, look, I, I went on another prominent news, uh, uh, program comparable, uh, to, to the one we're on here today. And, uh, just shortly after the, this uh, impeachment began and, uh, and I stated on this show, I said, first off, there is no whistleblower. And there's nothing to whistle blow. And they chuckled and had a laugh on me. And I said, you're going to want to have me back in about a month or so. That day is yeah. coming. Yeah. Okay, so after the break, when we come back, I want to ask you about bribery. Okay, so now they're talking about bribery. President Trump did bribery with Ukraine. All right, everybody, we'll be back after this. First of all, as the founders understood bribery, it was not as we understand it in law today. It was much broader. It connoted the breach of the public trust in a way where you're offering official acts for some personal or political reason, uh, not in the nation's interest. So that's Shifty Schiff coming out. They're taking the whole witch hunt a different direction the eve before they do these impeachment hearings to get everyone to jump on board and say, oh, yeah, that's what it is, bribery. So, yes, he should be impeached. There was no bribery. President Trump didn't get anything. And as Tom Pepper completely brought out is that Joe Crazy Biden wasn't even running during that time. So how could President Trump benefit? So have you seen that, John Michael Chambers, have you seen that? 
Well, I mean, look. Okay, there we go. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, look, the bribery thing, again, it's a wonderful thing because the, the only bribery that took place was Biden. This, the transcripts, the second one's being released, and there's no smoking gun in there anyway. So the transcripts are out there. there there's None of this took place with the president. And, and back to Tom's question before about what do I think is going to happen in the House, I think I fast-forwarded to the next election. Let me comment on the House right now. What, what's going to happen is the same thing that we saw with the Kavanaugh. Hand-selected, groomed, operatives within, selected questions, blah, 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 minus the challenging questions, at least at this stage by the Republicans. And you know what? At the end, the American people are going to see through it just like they did as the Kavanaugh thing gained momentum towards the end. And then what did they do? They triggered a false flag right after they lost the Kavanaugh battle to divert the attention. So that's the playbook. This is what we can probably expect to see. And, and, and so so this whole impeachment thing backfires on the Bidens and the rest of them. That's the way this is going to play out. And uh, and again, the D class comes out during this period and they just bury themselves alive. That's the way I see it. a cascading avalanche upon themselves created by themselves. Talk about mistake after mistake after mistake. That's what they're doing, because we said this before. They're desperate and they're panicking because they have nothing on President Trump. And they know that. And guess what? Attorney General Barr and John Durham, they're busy guys, and they have everything. And they're ready, getting ready to unload on them. And so bribery backfires on them and goes right back to Biden's. And everything, as we well know, once this D-class hits and the narrative shifts, we all know that this leads up from the DOJ scum and the deep state scum and the rhinos and all those implicated in the media people we've talked about before. And it leads up to who? Clinton and Barry Satoro Obama. That's who this all leads up to. It's playing out exactly as we need it to. That's the way I see this. And I sound and seem crazy. Every big battle where we think we're this close to losing our amazing president, that the law, the rule of law doesn't matter and we're, we're losing. We win all the major battles. The only one we're suffering now on, in my opinion, is censorship. Although progress is being made behind the scenes, that's one that's really hurting us. But all these other things, they're working in our favor, and they're going to be buried alive soon. I definitely think you're right, especially when it comes to the Bidens. I mean, there's no way they can really escape blame for this. And so we're seeing, though, Hillary Clinton just today, she said on some show, she says, many, many, many people are pressuring me to run for president. And I'm never going to count myself out, even though now she's too late for several of the early primaries. I mean, what happens after Biden, assuming he self-destructs, what happens next? Does Hillary Clinton throw her hat in the ring? Do they crown Elizabeth Warren Indian princess? What do you expect to happen? That's an interesting question that I've pondered. You know, we, we talk about Hillary, possibly. We've talked about Michael Roberts. I mean, Michelle uh, Obama. We've spoken about uh, we got Bloomberg here now, you know, throwing some uh, noise around. Look, none of these people can be Trump, fair and square. Number one. Number two, um, the cast of characters they have up there are failing one after the other. Biden, he's done. He is finished. Uh, and and Pocahontas doesn't stand a chance. You know, it's a good question. I really don't know the answer. But Hillary, as the D-class gets underway, Hillary Clinton, 33,000 emails that the State Department has, most if not all of them, Hillary Clinton, bring her on. No, they cannot beat Trump. And I don't think, I you know, honestly don't know who the nominee is going to be. Um, I don't think they know. <laughs> it's a work in progress because everything they're doing, again, is failing. You know, Bernie Sanders is finished. 
Um, uh, Corey Booker, who's the other guy? Uh, already bailed yeah, out. Beto. Yeah, Buttigieg. Look, nothing's working for them. Everything's working for us. Last time I checked, every time Trump does a rally, 100,000 people still looking for tickets, 20,000 are outside and cold watching it, and 20,000 are inside the arena. That's what's happening in America, my friends. Yeah, it's a great time. (laughs) Yeah, and you know, now the Democrats, I think, was it Bloomberg and and another person is uh, throwing their name in the hat for, for the 2020. I'm just waiting for Hillary Clinton to go ahead and say, yes, I'm going to get in it. Hillary Clinton actually did a video and I, I saw it. I'm like, do we want to show this? And I'm like, no, we're not going to show it, but I will talk about it. Hillary Clinton is on her Twitter feed where she's telling everybody to get into politics, run for a, a po- political office everywhere. She's because she was talking about all of the political positions that are available throughout the entire country. And see, that's what the Democrats do. They're very slick about it. They get Democrat socialists to join these school boards, to join the, to join these or to run for these little small campaigns that most people don't even pay attention to because majority of the people pay attention to the House and the Senate, maybe the government, governmentship, you know, and, and, and a few others. And of course, the presidency. I'm just waiting for Hillary Clinton to throw her name in there and say, yes, I'm going to do this because I have to do this. But, you know, it's a patriotic duty to save America. You know what? When you look up the term damaged goods in the dictionary, you see her picture. You got to be kidding me. This lady's got more bets than you can possibly imagine. So, you know, and Trump destroyed her the first go around. What do you think is going to happen the second go around? Oh, it would be lovely to see. It would be so lovely to see. There's no question about it. Let me, yes. I'm sorry, Tom. I know we're getting run out of time. And um, if you have another question, Tom? Uh, no, Will. I'll let you go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, let's talk a little bit about your book and JohnMacherChambers.com. Sure. Trump and the Resurrection of America is the title of the book. It's been uh, well-reviewed uh, by a former presidential candidate as well as uh, uh, an ex-CIA, uh, a good guy, uh, doing good work for us these days, and many others. Uh, people can pick it up on Amazon.com. But I want to leave this segment with connecting the dots. This is this is what's really going on, my friends. This is the news behind the news. When you have, don't forget, and I wrote about this on that website, JohnMichaelChambers.com, Gitmo tribunals are being prepared to be live-streamed. Attorney General Barr, a few short months ago, reinstated the federal death penalty. The NSA data collection, the Epstein, Nixvim, and IG2 and FISA are at the doorstep. When you connect the dots on this and the fact that President Trump has rebenched 150 uh, uh, federal judges on his way to 200, getting the stage set and ready for the onslaught that's coming, you connect the dots on that storyline, that's what's happening in 2020. Again, it's a great time to be in America. Absolutely. Well, hey, I want to thank you for coming on with us. The E before the impeachment impeachment hearings is going to take place tomorrow. Thanks again. Great, great seeing you, Will and Tom. Thank you. All right. Take care. All right. So before we go out, we haven't done this the entire show. And the crew reminded me that we need to plug our sponsor, Tom, InfoWarsStore.com. The reason why we get to be here today is because of InfoWarsStore.com. And right now, they still have this sale going on. And I, I'm, I'm like, how is it even possible? Black Friday. Look at this. Black, Black Friday sale. 
if you, this has to be a mistake, right? It has to be a mistake that they're doing this. I'm like, did they not forget? So uh, did they forget? So, but anyways, but anyways, I digress. The reason why Tom and I are here is because of you, the viewers and the listeners, because you go to InfoWarsStore.com. When you buy the product, you are, you are helping. You are like essentially uh, sponsoring our broadcast, our show with Tom and myself. Because you go to InfoWarsStore.com. They have some absolutely wonderful products. And one of the main reasons why I talk about the products is because they actually do what they say they're going to do. Now, they have so many different products. What I do is I'll go buy something from listening to Alex Jones or listen to Owen or listen to David Knight or listening to Tom. And I will go get them and I will try them out myself just to see how they work for me. Now, people react different with different uh, products. That's why you got to try it and find out for yourself. But with the specials being the way they are right now, you can't lose. You can't lose. It is a win-win. You get something that your body needs, something that is beneficial to you. So please support Tom and myself and go to InfoWarsStore.com and buy the product. One of my favorites is the Vast Beats. I love it. You've got to try it. You've got to try it. All right. Another episode will be here tomorrow, God's willing. God bless you, God bless America, and God bless our president, Donald J. Trump. Good night.